0: You're listening to the God God Life Life Culture Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide.
1: Welcome, welcome back to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie
0: what's up everyone this is miguel and we are so excited that you are tuned in to a brand new episode of the god life culture podcast listen today is a very special episode because for the first time we have with us a guest co-host yeah and this is super exciting because for the you know, all of these years that we've been doing this, it's only been us two. And today, in person, with <laughs> yes, us, yes, we have a very special guest with us. So I want you all to introduce and help me introduce to the podcast,
2: Anna Grace.
0: Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. How are you feeling?
2: <laughs> I'm feeling really good. It's really exciting to, to do this. This is a lot of fun. We're going to have a really good time, really good talks. And uh, I'm just excited to see... Uh, what, what we really talk about and, and how, how we dive into different topics that are, are really important. So I'm just excited to be a part of it. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah,
1: thank you for being here. And, you know, it's been a couple of months since the last time you were on with us. You were our first special guest. Now you're our first special co-host. Uh, so you're really doing a lot of firsts with us here at the God of Culture podcast. Uh, but speak to us what's new, what's been going on. I know you released some new stuff since the last time we spoke. So bring us up to speed on what's going on uh, in the Anna Grace world at the moment.
2: Yeah, so so much has happened since the last time we all spoke. I've released uh, a music video for, for one of my songs from my album, and it was Dulce. That was such an exciting one uh, to release. I worked with Stark Media Creatives on that one, and it was just a lot of fun. We filmed it in the city, and um, we just had like a really good time with it. Honestly, like COVID changed our our plans for that video. Yeah, we had like a whole another direction that we wanted to take it in, but. Um, thankfully god was able to open doors for us to still be able to put it out there and it wasn't one of those things that we had to just completely discard the idea but that was really exciting and um in like my personal life there's been so many changes um <laughs> i um i was for a while i was working for for my church as the worship leader and i was uh kind of like a part-timer and i also had like another uh another job where i was working at a bank, and um the Lord had really been like tugging at my heart about going full time and working for the church. But I was very hesitant about it because I was just like, I know what that entails. I know what that consists of. And I don't know if I have the the character for it. And, um, Little by little, God is so patient with us, but little by little, he just started revealing that the very things that I was praying for, sometimes he answers our prayers, but in different ways and not necessarily in the package that we expect it to be in. And I had been praying for a while, like, God, I want to go into full-time ministry. And uh, when this door opened, I was just so like, you know, blindsided by it. And I'm like, wait, but this is what I was praying for. Like, okay, (laughs) God, I'm hearing you. So I'm actually on the road right now to being a credentialed minister for the Assemblies of God. So that's so exciting. Um, It's very different. Uh, I never honestly thought that I was going to go down this path, but that's just the way he works sometimes. We have plans and God laughs sometimes, (laughs) you know, but it's really, it's a really exciting new season. That's awesome.
0: And for those listeners who do not follow um, Anna Grace on Instagram, you need to follow her because, She has, I mean, I don't know if you just like research like different coffee shops and places to go to, but there's always a new coffee shop. There's always like a different place where you go get shakes from. I mean, I hit you up the last time, like, you know, this looks really good. Like I need to try that spot. Uh, So definitely if you want to be inspired musically in your ministry, but also just find, you know, good places to have coffee, you definitely want to make sure you follow her on Instagram.
2: This is very true. I'm a big, big coffee lover and a health nut. So I will find wherever I can, as long as it fits in my macros. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So, uh,
0: you know, one of the lovely, uh, you know, opportunities that we have right now to have you, uh, you know, with us is to give your Uh, you know, your thoughts on these topics that we want to dive into today. And it's very exciting having a female perspective as well. Right. Uh, So, you know, we're very excited. But one of the things that is very important that is pressing right now that we definitely want to take some time to acknowledge what's happening and take some time to talk about it um, is everything that is going on in Cuba, Right. And I think, uh, you know, our social media, you know, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, whatever it is, the news, you know, this is something that it's everywhere, you know. And I think oftentimes, sometimes as believers and as Christians, we like to disconnect ourselves from, you know, things that may be happening globally, or if it's not happening in our church or in our circle, it's kind of not of a concern, you know, to us. But what's happening there is very serious. And it's something that uh, you know, we should acknowledge and talk about. So I want to hear your thoughts a little bit on you know everything that's going on and even the fact that you shared you know today with us you know earlier that you know you are uh, you know part Cuban as well. So can you talk a little bit, you know about that?
2: yeah, i'm I'm very proud of where I where my family comes from. Even though I was born in the United States, my my father actually immigrated from Cuba. And,, uh, my mom's Puerto Rican, so that's where I get both nationalities right. from. but, um, yeah, what's been what's been happening in cuba? i've I've just constantly i've made it uh, I've made it um, a priority for myself to spread the word as much as I can about what's going on over there. Um, and a big part of me feels like, man, it, it it's unfortunate that it's taken this long. For, for what's going on out there to, to actually come to the surface, but it's just taken the people of Cuba getting really fed up um, with what's going on and actually taking a stand and, and just being like, you know what, we've got nothing else to lose. Everything's been taken away from us. And this hits home for me personally. Um, really quickly, my dad, when he was in his 20s, this was like about 40 years ago, um, my dad and his brother, left cuba and just like a lot of other cubans who've done it at the time um just kind of like hopped on a raft and and swam over uh Mm, to the states and uh my dad was one of those and he did it in fear for for his life and for his future of what what that would have looked like in cuba unfortunately um they left two of their sisters behind who decided to stay because they were terrified of leaving a communist country. There, You run the risk of getting caught and then being imprisoned upon mm. being sent right back to where you came from or possibly even facing even worse repercussions like, you know, getting killed. And so out of fear, they stood behind. And my dad and his brother came to New York and they started a whole new life. They, you know, they they got married and had their kids, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah I remember I I actually spoke to my dad when I was younger I had to have like I had to do like a school project on my dad and I remember when I sat down with him and he told me the story and when he told me the story it was funny because he said it in such a way where he just seemed very like it affected him clearly but there was like this stoic like expression where it was almost like he was numb Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of Cubans right now that have been numb to this feeling of oppression for so long and it just came to the point where they broke. And so what's happening right now in Cuba is way more than just a shortage of medical supplies and you know not having enough vaccines. It's it's not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about the injustice, the inhumane injustice and the stripping of freedom from these people. And the fact that they've been silenced for so many years and this socialism that's across the board for everyone in Cuba, it doesn't matter what profession you have out there. Mm-hmm. You can be a doctor and you can be a taxi driver and you guys are making the same amount of money. And um, just the value of their currency, their pesos over there are its it's not enough to survive out there. And so all of this that's coming out now, this is nothing new. This has been happening in Cuba for over 60 years um, starting from Fidel Castro all the way to Diaz now and it's just it's it's really hard to kind of accept and digest because I like right now I have no way of communicating with my aunts out there and I've only spoken to them once (laughs) over the phone and this was years ago I was I was young I could not appreciate it as much Right, right But even now, like they're they're really limited to how much internet uh, they can access, and you know what their currency value is, and you know how much resources they can even receive right now. The government has such a hold on the population out there that it's it's so toxic, where now Cuban Americans are feeling it in such a way, the like the hopelessness and the helplessness of like I can't even contact this person that i love and i will not know what could be what could be happening to them and so this is this is such a such a delicate and sensitive topic where right now the most that anyone can do to support cuba is unfortunately you can't even send anything over there they're they're just not accepting any resources right now the gates are completely closed off to the us to receive anything But the most that we can do is actually be their voice. And if we're able to get in contact with the Cuban and hear their side of the story, then share their story. Yeah. You know, go ahead and blast it all over socials. Let people know. Educate other people if they don't know. Because, I mean, I've had some people reach out to me and be like, what's going on in Cuba? And and I've just been like, hey, this is what's going on, and this is what you can do to help. I'm not asking for like a bunch of money, not asking for right. you know any clothes or anything like that. It's literally just be their voice right now yeah. because they don't have one. So it's it's just been a very sensitive topic.
1: You know, it's it's interesting because recently I was watching randomly, um, was watching a documentary. It was um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the production rent on Broadway. It was a production Rent on Broadway. Um, And HBO has a special, which is a documentary about one of the the people that starred in Rent bringing the production to Cuba. So a couple of years ago when the ports opened up and everything like that again, you know, they allowed for the United States to do a production of something over there and they wind up picking Rent. So the movie's following that whole process. But through that documentary, which was a couple of years ago, you also get the life stories of the individuals that are taking part of the production, which are all Cubans. Cuban Americans, straight up Cubans from the island there because the production is being there, uh, done there as well. And they're all sharing their their life and their experience, where they live. And I remember there was this one scene where one of the characters of the movie is explaining he's doing a tour of his apartment. Um, And he's explaining how he is working on his apartment little by little. Um, The apartment is really run down, uh, but the only way that he's able to fix it is because a neighbor or a friend wind up getting something new. Let's say a faucet, wind up getting a new faucet and gave him the old faucet, wind up getting, you know, new railings for the window and gave him the old railings. And he's like, we don't have the resources. We don't have the ability to go to a Home Depot to go to uh, a home goods, or go to wherever, to buy these things, and we're kind of relying on the generosity of those that are around us with the limited resources uh, that we have. So it's very easy for us as individuals in the United States um, to not understand the severity and the, the the struggles that these you know our people are having in Cuba and all these different places as well. But specifically, we're talking about Cuba. Um, Because we're not living it. It's not the experience we're used to, especially if you're not Cuban. If you don't have connections to people in in, in Cuba, it's kind of like you have the foggiest idea of the real trials and tribulations that they're going through.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important because, like I said earlier, I think it's so easy to get caught up in our everyday life, right, and to kind of scroll through social media and see, like, a post and see what's happening and not really research, right, and dive in and seeing, like, you know, there is a whole group of people, right? A whole, you know, group of people that are suffering and that are, are, like you said, or have basically been enduring this for so long. And it's not about the shortages and, you know, the vaccines. It's really about freedom, you know? And when you look at that, our life here is just so different where we don't have a lot of those concerns. Right. We're not here like, you know, crying every day because you know, we're, we don't have the freedom to do certain things. You know what I mean? And it's just, sometimes you have to get out of your bubble and get out of, you know, the, the kind of the whirlwind of your everyday life and really get connected to what's happening around the world. And I think, oftentimes even as Christians, you know, we can be guilty of that too, where our focus is just so within our church, within our ministry, within our people that, you know, again, we forget as the body of Christ, you know, that part of the body is suffering right now, you know, and um, there, like you said, there's so many things that we can do. And it's funny that you mentioned about sharing on social media, Anna, because I think that um, people who sometimes do that may feel like it's not enough or may feel like I'm just sharing this, but I'm sharing it because everyone else is sharing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And they may struggle with that. Like, you know, am I being genuine? Does it come across like I actually care? I'm not even Cuban or I'm not even Hispanic or Latino. Like, you know, does it come across like I'm just doing it because it's what's trending. And we kind of saw that, you know, with the other protests that took place, you know, the black lives matter movement and, you know, all of the police brutality and people reposting and resharing where it's like, you know, is there anything else I can do? Yeah. You know, um, where it doesn't come across like, I'm just sharing this because this is what people are sharing right now. You know?
2: Mm-hmm. I think the one of the major differences, because I've thought about that too, but I think one of the major differences with this case is that we're talking about a country that is literally just under communist dictatorship. And when you have that going on, where we're now we're talking about, you know what, the the borders, uh, you know, anyone can cross over the borders. It's not a problem, but Cuba, if they come over, it's like, okay, we got to send them right back Mm. to Cuba. And it's like, I mean, it it just creates this huge divide. And I, I said it once in my, in my, in a stories post. And I said that, um, Cuba is very rich in their, in their culture and in their gratitude because, if there's one thing that you can do is that you can talk to a Cuban and they will share like their story and they will be very grateful for what they have. If they have only a can of beans to last them for a week, they're very grateful for that. But we're very quick to just kind of leave it sitting on our shelf for like six or seven months, you know. Yeah. So um, it's Cuba is a lot more than just the aesthetic of. Oh, you know, all these broken down buildings that are beautiful and colorful and these cars that are so antique. They're way more than that because that's just what the government has invested into so that tourists are able to experience mm-hmm. the culture of Cuba. But beyond those those hotels and, you know, beyond those lavish like, streets and stuff, you've got people that are living in cardboard boxes because mm-hmm. the money that was being sent to them is being put towards stuff like that.
1: You know, and and it does bring up the question of, you know, social media and, you know, responsibility and, you know, are we doing enough? Are we not doing enough? Are we sharing too much of our lives? Are we not? You know, and, you know, before we pivot out of the conversation in reference to Cuba, I think it is important that if you do two things. Number one, educate yourself on what's happening, you know, because you want to know the detail of what's going on. You want to know, you know, what the issues are um, and if there's any resources out there to help and also share it, you know, because the idea also is, is that you don't want to be one of those people that just share to share. And then someone messages you like they've done to Anna and then you're like, "Uh, I don't really know what's happening. I just, you know, it's just what's happening. So I'm sharing it. You want to be educated enough to then educate others. Uh, But we do live in the age of social media, in the age where, you know, everyone um and not everyone because there's some people that are different other people live off the grid or whatever but it is easy to pull, fall in the pitfall of just sharing way too much on social media <laughs> yes. you know where there's times where you do wanna you know some people do social media just because they like it other people do social media with the intent of putting their life out there, hoping to be discovered by something or someone. Uh, but what do you guys think on that? Is is there a, like, how do, how do you explain it? Is there a responsible way or should you, it should it be something that you even are conscious of when you're posting on social media, or it should just be like, whatever you feel like it in the moment you throw out there and whatever it hits, it hits.
0: I think, again, there's certain things that just, Come naturally to who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think, like speaking for myself, naturally, I'm just not the type of person to put certain things out there. Yes. So it's like that's not even in my character to do that mm-hmm. or lash out at somebody like that. <laughs> so I'm not putting that out, out there. So you're you know not starting I mean? any
1: Twitter beefs with no. anyone. <laughs>
0: no. Like I, I'm the, like, I would never go under someone else's post and tell them like why yeah. they're doing that. Yes. I don't like what they're wearing, like yeah. why they're with that person. So that's not what they're my character, so to me, I don't find it difficult to navigate those things yeah. personally because I'm like, I don't, I would never do that. Yes, like, that's crazy for you to do that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but you know, the the idea of sharing, uh, you mm. know, and what to share, what not to share. I think you know, again, it's that motivation aspect. Why do I want to share this? Yeah, you know what I mean, and that I've had to do check myself. And you know, why do I want to put that out there? You know, mm-hmm. why do I want to post that? Why do I want to put that quote? You know, is it, is that a subliminal message to someone else? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, why am yeah. I doing this at this time? You know? And again, it's just, you have to constantly keep yourself in check and know that with certain things that you post, if there's like something else underlying, you know, there will be consequences in a way there will yeah. be, you know, you'll ruffle some people's feathers and mm-hmm. if you get comments or you get people saying things, it's like, you should have seen that coming. I mean, you, you did put that out there. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I don't know. What do you think, Anna?
2: No, I agree. Actually, I, I kind of listed out like three, three very important like t- uh, pointers that I would say uh, that tie in with that whole situation of being yourself on social media. And like one of them that I actually listed out is being yourself doesn't mean you expose everything about yourself. Like it doesn't mean that absolutely everything that happens in your life has to go on social media. There are, I believe that there are some things that that merit privacy, yes. Yes. and it just deserves to to be that way. So that way, these are memories that you can share for yourself and kind of keep for yourself. So that way, moments like this, for example, you can you can share it, and it's it's like okay, well, this is the appropriate time for sharing it. Um, And then another thing is setting boundaries in place for yourself and whomever is involved with whatever it is that you're sharing, you know, because it's very easy to kind of um, be very selfish, you know, with social media and just think, well, how do I look and how do I come off? But, you know, for, for someone like myself... I have to be very uh, conscious and aware of what I'm sharing because it, it represents my my parents and the way they raised me. It represents the church that I come from. It represents my circle of friends. You know, so yes. you, you kind of have to be considerate of, of those things. And then there's also understanding your audience and the influence you have on them. Yes. Because if you have, it doesn't matter if you have three followers or if you have three million followers, regardless, you've got people that are looking at your content and are basically by a photo or by a video, they can tell, okay, what kind of person you are and what is it that you enjoy? You know, just by me sharing uh, my stories about coffee and stuff like that, you can pretty much guess, okay, she's a coffee lover. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like little things like that, that it, it seems obvious, but it can be photos that we think are like, well, this is nothing to me. Yes. But to someone who's, who's watching or who's looking at your, your photos or your videos and stuff, they'll immediately think, oh, well, you must agree with that. Yeah. And that's where it's like it's a little tricky. Like you've got to kind of set those boundaries of like, OK, well, what deserves to be on mm-hmm. social media? You have that control.
1: Yeah, I think it's true. And I think, you know, one of your things, I think was your second bullet that I think that a lot of people do not abide by is the fact that everything that they post represents them and everything that they're affiliated with. You know, there are people that just post stuff and don't care where, how that looks on the church, doesn't care how that looks on their ministry, doesn't care what that looks like about their circle of friends, uh, because they're being their true, authentic, raw self. Um, and it's kind of like, really like you really got to see that that does have an effect mm-hmm. on you know how people perceive you and those uh that are around you as well and we kind of saw this controversy happen uh, but without, it depends on your point of view of it there were some people yeah. that thought it was controversial there were other people that thought hey they're doing their thing let them be um you know maverick city is uh group that has been exploding as of lately and with that explosion does come the individual artists uh, that are part of that and Chandler Moore got married June of this year um, and in his uh, celebration of being married and posting pictures there was one particular picture that garnered a lot of attention uh, and for those that haven't seen it, basically it's him and his wife um, dancing uh, but it kind of looked like you know she was maybe backing it up a little too much on him, depending on your <laughs> point of view. Um,
2: oh, he definitely
0: put in the caption,
1: she knows how to
0: twerk. Oh, so she knows think, how to oh, twerk. Okay, so she was, was twerking. twerking him, <laughs> him,
2: and
0: he was acknowledging that she was twerking. <laughs> so that he- And said, hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> so he praised the Lord in that so, moment.
1: So that's a moment where he's, they're celebrating their marriage, their wedding. They just got married. And I know the three of us on this panel are married. We've all planned the weddings. Um, I don't know who funded it, but for my wedding, I funded my own wedding. So I made the rules. Me and my <laughs> wife made the rules. So that it was kind of like we wanted to do what we wanted to do. Whatever it was, however, whoever wanted to come in first, or if we wanted to do a first dance or wanted to do this, those were our decisions because we paid for it. Or whatever so that was like our mentality but i also remember that i did have a conversation you know um with my current pastor who's always been her pastor you know um because he was the officiator that's what you call it officiator Mm -hmm. at the wedding um you know and we were like kind of going through like the schedule and like what we were planning to do and there was like something particular that i wanted to do because i personally didn't see anything wrong with it that he was like i think you should think about that you know you should think about Whether or not you actually want to do that at the wedding, because I get it's your wedding, but you also have to take into account the people that are going to be there, Um, you know, especially the younger people that are going to be there and see you and may not really understand why you're doing what you're doing at the wedding or whatever. And it was a tough pill for me to swallow, because like I said, I'm paying for it, so I'm going to do whatever I want to do, you know, like that whole mentality and that whole idea. But then, you know, after really thinking about it and speaking it over my wife, it was kind of like, you know what, we can maybe scratch that. That's not necessary. It really is not gonna give or take away from the event of the wedding. Um, so it's it's okay to kind of throw away. So then, with a picture like this, with the whole Chandler Moore situation, you know, I when I want to hear your guys' opinions on this or whatever. It's whether the was it necessary to do it. I think is the question. You know, whether or not they had the right to do it. It's your wedding. You pay for it. You want to twerk up and down that aisle. I think you have the opportunity and the right to do it wasn't it necessary and wasn't necessary to put it out i'm not sure what do you think
0: i like how you frame the question because i think sometimes we we want to say whether it was right or wrong yes mm-hmm. you know saying was it necessary is a completely yeah. different thing right yeah um personally speaking i think i i agree with you mm-hmm. you do what you want this is your wedding. You're paying for it. You're married. You yeah. know what I mean. At this moment, right? Yes. Um, you do what you want. Yeah. Now, yeah. is it necessary to post that particular, you know, scenario? Scenario what you were doing <laughs> in that moment? Probably not. Right. Does he have the right to post it and put it out there? Like yeah. he does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, motivation. Why? Are we, you know, is it just because you were happy and celebrating in that moment? You wanted to put it up? Cool. Did you put it up because you knew it would cause a stir and wanted to stir the pot a little bit and get comments and get people to talk about you? Then that's where it's like, you know, that's not the right motivation mm. for what you're putting out there. You know what I mean? Um, you know, where is that sin? Where they sin? I mean, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but again, you know, there's no... Doubt in my mind that he didn't know that picture was going to cause something, right? Yes, a you know what I mean? or something, yeah, yeah something. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people were in the comments, I mean, going in, like <laughs> people supporting it, <laughs> yeah. and then there were people that were completely like condemning them, sending yeah. them to hell, calling them names, <sighs> and all of that. Um, which is a whole nother thing, that's a whole yeah, yeah. Which we got to get into. But what do you think, Anna? I mean. Was it necessary, and then necessary to post it? You know, do you mm-hmm.
2: understand? <laughs> I, <don't know>. yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen. When I saw it, I I have to admit, I I was just a little like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, and I just kind of was like, all right, they're they're having a grand old time, yeah, yeah. But um, I think I think the the thing that that we have to consider is how society views that image because if you know let's say hypothetically speaking someone who who was not christian took a look at that photo and was like oh okay this is you know this is cool and then someone who 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 is a christian and and is a little bit more conservative sees that and they'll probably think like that's a little bit you know you're you're, you're treading on the edge there um the problem is that when when we start to do certain things that the world would consider as like Oh, that's, that's fine. That's okay. I think there's just a very fine line and, and it's very visible, you know, but, but sometimes we kind of take it a little too far where we just want to be so transparent and Mm -hmm. so relatable and so accepted that we're willing to kind of sacrifice certain things. And I think that I agree. It was not, I don't, I don't personally don't think it was necessary to post it, but then again, you know, we don't have a say in like Mm -hmm. what he can or cannot post. Um, But I think he, 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 it, there could have been it could have been taken into consideration the fact that Maverick City is very heavily in the limelight right now, um and also their their Spanish uh, mm-hmm. culture that yeah. they're bringing into their into this this, you know, community of people. I believe that they're super strongly and heavily anointed. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't believe that, you know, he's going to be going to hell for this. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think, you know, there's any condemnation that that, you know, that he should be receiving. Um, however, we can definitely acknowledge and say like, Hey, listen, you know that, that you should have known that that would ruffle a couple people's feathers, especially, you know, especially that everyone that follows Maverick City right now, we're talking about people that come from different branches of Christianity, different, uh, levels of you know liberalism and yeah, conservatism yeah. you know yeah. and it's like i you you can't you have to be mindful of everyone you know first corinthians 10 23 all things are are permissible not all things are beneficial and that yeah. was one of those situations yep. where like yes intimacy with your wife and if that's you know if that's amongst the people who are there were able to see that as like, wow, this is a celebratory moment because there were pastors there and there were other worshipers there and stuff like that. And they were seeing that. And a lot of them, majority of them were pretty much backing him up and saying like, don't worry, brother, we're behind you. You're know you celebrating your wife. And this is true. However, those who were not there at your wedding, those who do not know you on that personal level are not going to see it the same way. And so that has to be taken into consideration.
0: And a lot of the comments, too, that I was seeing, they were very much talking about his wife mm-hmm. and saying like you're making your wife look like this or, you know, you're damaging your wife's image or, you know, and how people view her as a woman. Like, what do you think about that? Like, you know, those comments of people kind of saying, like, don't you care for your wife? You're supposed to be respecting her and, and putting her and honoring her. This is not doing that. You know, people are looking at her now, objectifying her. What do you think about that?
2: Again, that uh, that just ties right in with what this wh- what you were saying about you know these are these are the risks about putting it out there. It's like okay, sure, you can get a lot of support from people that are going to be like, "Hey, girl, do your thing, or whatever," and then you're going to have some people that are like, "Well, why would you make her like come off that way?" I personally didn't really, uh, I didn't see it as like you know oh, he's belittling her womanhood mm-hmm. or. Making her less than a woman. I didn't see it that way because at the end of the day, the two shall become one. So it's if anything, it was it was an equal like you know in terms of like the weight of I guess yes. you can say blame game. Blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they bear it together, and mm-hmm. and I mean, if you look at it from their perspective, if we if we take a step back and kind of look at it from their eyes, when when Chandler was receiving all of those comments, who was there? I'm pretty sure right there next to him saying. Don't worry. I know what yeah. your intentions were, and, right. and we'll get through this. And they, we have to kind of put ourselves in their shoes too, mm-hmm. where they probably didn't have that malintent. But I believe that they were coming from a position of relatability, because yeah. everyone mm-hmm. understands that yes. <laughs> that particular thing. I don't care what anybody says. Everyone has tried at some point or <laughs> <someone> <laughs> <tried to twerk. laughs> <laughs> and so just because we're seeing like the image of it and stuff yes. it, it's yeah. just like i said because it's they're in the limelight because they're out there it's just so much easier to point out their stuff
1: like, yeah
0: yeah, and I, I, yeah yeah go ahead and no, no no go i i think this also opens up conversation because something that you said you know it's you know she's like well, everyone has tried it you mm. know but the reality is you know if we went into people's homes you Mm. know what i mean and saw what everyone did away from social media and it's like you know don't act holier than thou yes you know what i mean and i think that this also opens up a conversation of you know sexuality in the church Mm -hmm. where it's like you know because i've definitely have seen married couples that don't touch each other it looks Mm. like and it's like you know like that's also like what do you say about that it's like Mm -hmm. there's no affection there's no anything there and it looks like like are you guys okay you know (laughs) obviously no judgment there but then you look at something like this where it's out there Mm -hmm. and in the open right there needs to be a balance so i think all of those people in those comments who are saying these things it's like you know then what is that What what is the godly example? What is that godly image? What does it look like, Mm -hmm. you know, publicly or on social media? And I think, you know, uh, I think Israel was one that put this up that was like, you know, there's so many things that you all do in your private life that's horrible Mm. and that you know can like get you into real trouble and they're doing obviously something you know uh they just got married and this is a, a god thing and whatever you know so again it's like that weird place to find yourself in but at the same time it opens up conversation yeah that i hope Uh, you know ministries out there within their youth groups or whatever just kind of talked about this because Mm -hmm. this is something that they all saw Mm -hmm. you know so it's like is it okay for one of them to you know you know what I mean so just that conversation I think is important to uh to have
2: I I know for for me when I saw that and I saw the comments that were rolling in I had the only like traumatic memory of when i released the cover of hello
1: oh yes <laughs> and i
2: was just like i felt for him i felt for him. <laughs> i was like oh no i know this feeling cuz i i've been there where it becomes a point where you're just kind of like Oh my gosh! Did I did I just destroy my 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 career? And like, yeah. am I am I still saved, Lord? But um, I that's why when I saw that, I was just like, I have to admit, I did say like, Lord, please protect his heart because this could be very overwhelming, mm-hmm. and and you could be having a lot of people that instead of uh, celebrating the fact that he got married, will be bashing him and shaming him for for a photo that he that he chose to put up. Yeah, and it's like okay, we we, we have to kind of discard the fact that he did that because i'm pretty sure that after he posted it he probably did get addressed by some people that were close to him because he did put out an apology Mm -hmm. for it. yeah Yeah. um and so we have to acknowledge that you know what the the man is able to receive correction and instruction and was able to acknowledge that did he have to do that no he didn't owe anyone an apology Mm -hmm. but he went ahead and he did that and so at this point on we cannot just Discredit the fact that he is an anointed man of God and we have to tread carefully when it comes to addressing things to other people because you you don't want to break someone's spirit at the same time. Yes.
0: And at the end of the day, I'm sure all those people still listen to the music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, but it reminds me of, like, years ago when, like, you know, like, I think you even mentioned it. Like, you know, and uh, so many different rules across different churches. Yes. And, you know, women can't wear pants or jewelry. But, you know, it's like the church would have that rule, but they all love playing Christine the Gladio before their service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. It's like, we wouldn't invite her, but we love to listen to the music and love yeah. to what i mean yeah. again it's just something that i think you definitely do have a responsibility yes over what you post yeah. and over what you you know put out there you know into the world because again it could be for a, uh, you know positive or a negative and you know Speaking about you know Maverick City and all of that, you said it before, they are booming right now. Yeah, we talked about them, uh, you know, their songs and their latest album. And funny enough, you know, a clip was going viral not too long ago where it was a Sean Mendez in a podcast and he was talking about, uh, you know, an encounter he had with Jesus while listening to a Maverick City song. So he kind of talks about. Um, that he's in a place in his life where he now understands the power of music, he was saying. and he says that he grew up atheist mm-hmm. um, but now finds himself becoming more spiritual, yeah keyword spiritual and he says that he was listening to maverick city song and he said that he was crying and had this moment where and i love how he phrased it he said where he felt like something was leaving him Mm -hmm. he said that type of cry and Mm -hmm. i thought that was really interesting and he said you know something i've grown up believing is fanatic Mm -hmm. and not science not the truth now feels like home you know and again that clip was going viral people were talking about it um You know, what are your thoughts on this whole, you know, uh, this clip, right, that was going Mm -hmm. viral, so many people posting it of, you know, someone that's like in the mainstream, Mm -hmm. like everybody knows who he is saying, you know, I heard a Maverick City song and I was done.
1: Yeah. I think that I saw a lot of the interview, actually, because there's a lot of people that just saw the clip and were like crying. Oh, Sean Man is giving his heart to the Lord. No, wait. <laughs> there's a <laughs> process that's happening, <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, the podcast in itself is... Um, it's called um, the Man Enough Podcast. So basically, they had Sean Mendes on because they were speaking about manhood and, you know, um, men being able to express themselves and, you know, all that other stuff, whatever. And in a moment where he's speaking about being a man and being vulnerable, he enters into the conversation about spirituality and he enters about, you know, and like you said, he starts speaking about this is a new venture for him. He Something that he thought was. Like made up, and it was just like crazy people would only talk about he actually experienced for himself. So this is. You know, there's a lot of layers to this because you look at it from the Maverick City angle, which is, you know, Maverick City is full of people who have been on a journey of being of service and leading worship individually, coming together. And now they're exploding and, you know, they're having an impact not only on regular old folks from New York, uh, but also these quote unquote big celebrities who are also coming across their music and because of the anointing behind it are being impacted by it. So that alone, I think, is crazy and is a testament of what God is doing through their ministry. Now, when we see someone like Sean Mendes speaking about it, what that does is that it introduces the conversation to a different platform. So this is a a podcast that is not. A faith-based podcast. This is a podcast that has a music producer. It has the guy from Jane the Virgin. Um, I think his name was like Rafael on the show, or something like that. For those that watch uh, Jane the Virgin, uh, you know, just regular old like celebrity people, people that are in the industry, are now speaking about this idea of spirituality. Which, if you're a fan of our podcast, we've been speaking about it from the from back in the day when Snoop Dogg released the gospel album, Kanye West was doing his um, gospel Sundays, and all these. Other people, uh, you know, there's a wave happening where a lot of people, and to the point, celebrities are connecting or are being interested in spirituality. What do you think, Em?
2: Yeah, when I when I heard it, um, I was I was really I was thrown off because I was just like, wow, I did not expect this reaction. Number one, I didn't even know he was an atheist, mm-hmm. and number two, the fact that he shared that he was so moved and and was crying when he was listening to Maverick City um and and the fact that he had you know this experience and and shared that he felt like something left him and that he felt like home i was like that's really profound like we cannot just discredit that like that was a huge deal at the same time i couldn't help but really like i remember just pausing the video and just thinking like to myself like what just happened here? <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm like, what? <laughs> Cause like, it's, it was just so, it was just so different.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: And, and, and like I said, I, I did have a moment where I was thinking about it and I was like, okay, you know what? We have to, we have to see this, like, like we have to see this as this was an experience that Sean Mendes had and um, whether or not he had a life-changing encounter or or I should say a soul-changing encounter God knows mm-hmm. God knows what happens behind closed doors when he's not in front of cameras or in front of a mic like what's really going on in his heart because there were some things that he said that I was just like okay he's still figuring it out yes but yeah. um but at the same time I do believe that he did have some sort of of an like an experience. The thing with listening to, to worship music, or let's just say music in general. Music is a very universal language. It connects everyone in some way, shape, or form. You can find some genre of music or a song or, or whatever that will that you will instantly connect to depending on what you're going through in your life. So whether or not I can say that what he had was a divine moment by God, I, I don't know because I've had a lot of moments where... I will listen to a song. It can be a secular song. I I can't count how many times I've listened to Whitney Houston sing a song and I'll be crying. And I'm just like, why, why do I feel (laughs) And I feel so, so just overjoyed and like all of this. And and it's so easy to, to feel like, okay, well that emotion must be equated to the fact that, oh, she must be, you know, spirit filled and anointed and all that. And it's like, no, no, no. The anointing will break chains and will create actual changes in your life. Songs that we listen to they will evoke emotion in us. And so being led to tears and and crying and stuff like that when you're listening to Maverick City, I mean, come on, it's it's impossible to not experience that. Especially when you see them in their element of worship and stuff. We're talking about the visual and now the way that this sounds and then the group of people all together as a community, it's very impacting. And so I just feel like there's a huge difference between the feeling that can be equated with music and, yes. and having an actual encounter. Because worship, what it does essentially mm-hmm. is it opens the door. That's what worship does. It opens the door into the presence of God. And you have that choice of whether or not you're going to now pursue a relationship with mm-hmm. Christ. And that's that's what I'm saying about like, time will tell yes. on whether or not that encounter was was a div, not not just a divine one, because I, I do believe that it was something special between him and God. But if it's like if he took that initiative with God to get mm-hmm. to know him.
1: Yeah. That's why I said that, you know, people will see a clip like that and the same way that you'll have people that'll just jump the gun and start, you know, sending Chandler to help because of his picture are the same people that will then turn around and start elevating Sean Mendez as the new face of Christianity because he had a moment where he felt something different. It was something in reference to something spiritual, you know, and all of a sudden it's like what's getting shared is just that small little clip. But then he starts talking about how he's going into like mantras and doing like other things, you know, he's still on a spiritual discovery, but I think it doesn't take away from the fact that he did have an evidently impactful moment, you know? And it's like you said, at the end of the day, is that going to just be a moment that he's like, Oh, that felt nice. And then just continue his life like regular, or is it going to actually cause a shift or pivot?
0: Yeah. And I love what you said because it's so true. Music has power. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it can move you you know you can listen to a song that brings you back to a moment in your life and you feel all the feelings you know what i mean from something that happened in high school you know what i mean and (laughs) it has that power to do that or a memory of a vacation you took or you know a heartbreak all of these different things but something that you said is that the anointing is what causes the change Mm -hmm. and you know that can truly only be found in music that has that message and has that anointing right. you know do i believe that he experienced god that he had a moment yeah you know what i mean i mean i could totally see that happening do i think now and expect like tomorrow he's going on tour with maverick and you know, <laughs> putting out Or oh, you know, no well
1: you know hopefully I mean? not he
0: may yeah he may. well no i shouldn't say hopefully, like, hopefully not. I, I, should
1: not. I should take back, that back but yeah you know
0: <laughs> like am i expecting that and then if he doesn't yeah. am i going to be upset you know yeah. No, and I think that's sometimes the expectation that people put, you know, on yeah. celebrities who have these moments who share them publicly, where it's like now yeah. we hold them to a certain standard, yeah. and it's not completely fair. He's yeah. probably this is just the beginning of a journey of actually getting to know more about Jesus. Yeah, he is. You know, a seed was planted. Yeah, you know, in his life, and you know, we pray and hope that that continues to grow and that that continues to flourish and he continues to experience all those things. But like you said, Anna, it was very, it caught me like totally off guard, you know, but at the same time imagine hearing more stories like that from celebrities and people of influence in our Mm -hmm. culture. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Think of the person that you're just like, you know, they're an awesome like podcaster. They're an awesome singer an awesome actor, actor, actress. Imagine them talking about their encounter with Jesus. You know, saying like yeah. they didn't believe, but they listened to this song and they know without a shadow of a doubt that there is a God out there, that there's mm-hmm. a God to create. Like, just imagine hearing more stories like that. Imagine, you know, even the celebrities and people who have those experiences who haven't shared them.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, we do. We we also, you know, we can't take away that that moment does introduce God inadvertently to a group of people that maybe have never really had an encounter or moment or whatever, because you know, when you really look at who Sean Mendez is, he is a big deal. In the music world, he is like, um, you know, the first person or one of two people to only have, you know, back to back number one albums before a certain Mm -hmm. age. He has like billions of streams. You know, he's like a big deal. So he has a big reach and a big fan base. So at the mention of him saying something like, oh, yeah, I was listening to something like Maverick City and it made me cry. I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of people that were like, what the heck? Maverick City? What is that? And they start looking up the music and that may inadvertently then implant or or have a have the, give them the opportunity to have a moment just like he did where he's introduced where these people are introduced to this type of music and this message that you know has its its domino effect as well so there is a way where he was inadvertently you know evangelizing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can, in a way, uh, and then bringing that. it
0: full circle hopefully yeah. when that individual typed in maverick city during yeah. that time a few weeks ago Chandler Moore's picture name because then I don't know how effective oh, that- no. No, but
1: not, because I, I think that they would come in with the preconceived notion of that that's not wrong so oh yeah they get down that's cool or whatever so maybe it didn't even fa- have an effect or phase them
2: honestly I I think because I feel like this happens to a lot of people when they see Maverick City, which is why to me, I'm like, this is this is an anointed group of people. Um, and whether they have their faults or not, of course they do. They're human. But the fact is that they love the Lord and they, they they're a community of people that mm-hmm. are showing to love your neighbor mm-hmm. above yourself. And that is something that I believe is also why maybe he didn't mention it, but that's probably another reason why Sean Mendez was impacted by it, because it was like, wow, it's it's a group of people all supporting each other and all singing together. And then probably in his head, it was like, wow, it's just me. And they all have each other. And there's something beautiful about yeah. community and the and,
0: diversity. Right. Yes. In that. And
2: that is that is the gospel to love one another, to be united, to encourage and uplift one another and loving the Lord your God above anything else. There's a freedom in that. And I think that when when people like him or or anyone else, honestly, who are in that stature of being well known are able to see something like that and think, wow, you know what? It's not about competition. It's literally about drawing close to other people, coming together and and just loving on God together. And there's something beautiful about it. And I and I know that's why so many people get so touched and so impacted by it, because that sense of community.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, even in some of their videos, uh, you know, Maverick City and all of that there, you you do see an element of creativity, and you see an element of, uh, you know, they, they do try to, uh, you know, worship in different ways or, you know, whether it's a setup, you know, I'm thinking of like the, their latest album, you know, the light above the head. And now like so many people were inspired and you look at
1: some
0: <laughs> videos and they look like that. They try to kind of like not copy, but they take do, inspiration, to, Yeah, they're inspired inspired, <laughs> yeah, inspired by it. Right. Um, but it does, you know, kind of open up that conversation about creativity and mm-hmm. inspiration and what yes. you know, inspires people, what causes people and sparks their creativity and, you know, uh, the people you have around you yes. and your friends, you know, and a question that you brought up that I thought was, you know, very, uh, was very interesting was, you know, people that you connect with uh, creatively, mm-hmm. you know, is it possible to just connect with someone creatively
1: mm-hmm. and
0: not necessarily be their friend? Yeah right? I thought that was an awesome question. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I mean, I I don't know. There was like randomly the question um, came to mind. I think similar to, you know, Anna Sharedorf Air, it kind of like made her like take a step and like think and like dive in uh, was just something like random that popped into my head. And then I started to think, you know, I've worked with a lot of people, you know, in my life, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in other things or whatever. um, And you vibe with the person, you have fun, you volley, you come up with something great, you produce something that's impactful or whatever. But then you kind of sit back and think, like, after that's done, it's kind of like, all right, bye, thank you. And then you like go your separate ways. Uh, But it's like, Hmm. Interesting. So it's kind of like, and then we use the term friend so loosely, you know, where it's, oh, that's my friend. But literally the last time you spoke to them was when you did that thing three years ago or whatever is, you know, can you connect with someone creatively, have a good time, a good moment, do something great, but they still not be your friend. Really?
2: I think yes. Mm -hmm. I know it's because like I said, I I had a hard time with this one because I was like, I was evaluating myself and I was just like, (laughs) Wait, are I've created with these people? Are we not friends? <laughs> and, like, and it's like, no, yeah, you can you can have like, you know, your people that you feel most connected to when you're creating with them because you have like the same vision or you mm-hmm. vibe well together. But then there's like those people where it's like, okay, when life is like life is like crumbling and you're not feeling creative, and you just feel like, okay, I just need to get this out and I just need to talk about it. Then you 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 contact your friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Jesus had 12 disciples. But the ones that were closest to him were, um, was it Peter, James, and John? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, okay, well, what about the rest? And it's like, no, 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 they mattered. They mm-hmm. were, they were his disciples. They were the ones that he called to come with him to go through ministry with him. But there was those three that they were like the beloved, I guess you mm-hmm. can say. And it's like, I don't, I, I know that was intentional with Jesus because. There's so much about the things that Jesus has gone through while he was on this earth that that are examples for us to to know that he was 100 percent man while he was here mm-hmm. and that he's gone through everything that we've gone through. There's nothing that we can go through where we can be like, God doesn't understand. It's like, no, 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 he 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 understands. Um, And so when I when I had a moment to kind of think back on this, I'm like, yeah, there are people that you will sit down with and you will create with them and you will build that sort of connection with them. And then there are other people where you will just feel more inclined to share a little bit more intimate details about your life and you might consider them to be a little bit more of a closer friend and serve in that in like in that sense in your life. So I believe that everyone that we come into contact with, they're serving a particular purpose in your life. So Just because you have this one person where you connect with and you're like, oh, we write songs really well together or we just work on stuff really well together, we must be best friends. And it's like, no, that does not mean that, <laughs> you yeah. know, that does not. <laughs> it's like, okay, you know, you may see someone as a motherly figure, but that's not your mother. You yeah. have one who is your mom. Yes. And you just see that person <laughs> in that light. So you have to, we have to call it as it is. But however, I'd, like I said, I do think that we can build these really uh, strong relationships with people that we create with, because that's something that matters to us. If we're creatives. So yeah, we're going to see it in, like, a, a high regard, but there's yeah. definitely a difference.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think there's also, like, there should be an understanding of that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that, again, should be understood, um, but then you get those people in those cases where it's, like, they're offended that mm-hmm. they weren't invited, or they're offended that, you know, you didn't contact them, and it's, like, you know, we, well, what we did, we, You know, excelled in together in that particular area. But again, it's like there's other areas of my life. Yeah. Mean so I think you know and I know you could definitely relate to that. There are people that you know you do well. You do videos with your husband. You better like <laughs> we better relate to him and be friends with him. But you know, like you may have done things and collaborated with different people, you know. And in that moment, it's not like you're not treating them like they're not your friend. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean? or like you you wouldn't say, well, he's not my friend. He's just like you know this. But you know what I mean. Yeah. In yeah. that moment, or in that space, or that time, that season, you know, whatever you're working on, I, I like to think that you know your friends yeah. in that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now my understanding is, you know, apart from this, we may not connect them the same level. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, we can, you know, for some people they choose to work at it. And they may choose to, you know, make connections outside of that space or outside of that time. And they may develop a a bond and a friendship that's amazing. You know, But there's other people where it's just like, you know, every time I'm going to do a music video where every time I need, you know, a speaker, every time I need this, that's the person I contact. That's my go to. That's my, you know, she's great or he's great. And that's the bond.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? that was something that when when i when i started working with my team that was something that we made that we made sure that we put that like at the forefront of our of our relationship working together cuz like you know me and my manager we're we we're, we're in different places in life yeah we're both married but he's he's a father and he has other artists that he works with whereas with me um i'm not a parent yet and mm-hmm. and i'm not really i'm not really focusing on other things other than my ministry and what i'm doing right now with my husband and with my music and stuff like that but we've had a lot of moments where we've had to nudge each other and be like hey you know how how are you how's it going you know we don't always just have to contact each other when you know there's an interview coming up like i need you to get ready for it or you know hey there's a trip coming up and make sure you've got everything in order like we've made it um important for both of us that there's a relationship there because the reality of it is that if you if you're being intentional about it like you could be creating with somebody and you can just you know you just vibe at the moment just like you were saying and then that just kind of leaves it at that but then there's other relationships where it's like okay you know what we have to build some sort of relationship here because we're in this for the long haul and i and then i know that that's something that if you're working on something with someone, you know, like you and Eddie for example. I'm pretty sure this goes this friendship goes beyond being on a podcast together. You know, and that's something that you can hear it even when when listening to the podcast. There's there's a you you vibe well together, but you can tell like there's there's history there. There's a relationship there and that was intentional. And I feel like you that's why this tr- this question was so tricky because at first I'm like, yes, you you can be you you know, there can be a separation, but then I'm like, wait, but I'm friends with the people I create with. (laughs) Like
0: Like texting people, are we friends? (laughs) I
2: was like reevaluating my
0: circle and I'm like, wait. (laughs) But you know, it's funny because you say that but like we've even had to check ourselves on yes. that. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, we have, yeah. Uh, we could be friends and have that, but then we get so caught up in things where it's like that just becomes our topic of conversation mm. and that just becomes what we're doing. And it's like, you know, okay, how are you? Like, yeah. we have definitely had those moments and conversations where it's like, okay, like for a long time, we've mm. only been doing this. Like, yeah. So, yeah. like, let's not talk about that, right? <laughs> how are you? You know yeah. what I mean? And again, having... Those moments, again, when you say it's for the long haul, you have to recognize that with yeah. that person and with those people who you say, you know, I don't want to just work on this project and, you know, not see you to the next project. Like, right. I really want this to be, you know, where we're in community together, we contact each other, even if we're not in the same state or same, you know, town or whatever, there's a relationship there beyond just what we did. Right. And
2: oftentimes
0: yeah. I think that makes the next thing you do that much better, right. yes. that much you know, more fun. You know, enjoyable. I don't know. I think again. I I definitely I love the question, but I think you know you can have both. Yeah. But there also needs to be that understanding. I mean, and
1: we see this also, um, like at work, for example. Like when you work at an establishment or whatever, you have like your work buddy, and it's like yeah. you're with them eight hours a day. This is the person you chill with. Yeah. go out to lunch. I do all this stuff together. Whatever. One of you leaves the job. <laughs> Nine times out of yeah. ten, maybe you hit each other up on social media or whatever. But then it's like that uh, that, that relationship kind of like disintegrates or like changes yeah. or whatever for whatever reason. It could just be that the person got super busy. You got super busy. Or, you know, it does bring up the question about proximity, where there are certain people that you connect with just by proximity. And unfortunately, I saw this um, when I got married. So it was like, I had a big crew of people I was around with in Brooklyn. I had a whole bunch of people I was with for years, 20 years, 10 plus years or whatever. And then all of a sudden I got married, move 40 minutes away. And it's like all those relationships, just the wind took them. And it's kind of like, what? Like, what happened? Like, I thought we were like putting, but then it also teaches you where it kind of, it puts you into this perspective to then self-evaluate and be like, were we really friends or was it just proximity? We saw each other three to four times a week. We were in the same ministry together. We were, you know, doing stuff together, whatever. Once I removed myself from being close, it's kind of like, that's the only thing that connected us. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. I don't know. Mind
2: blown. Oh, (laughs) I'm like, are oh,
0: she going to chime in? I saw she's doing like sign language. I'm having here. all <laughs> sorts
2: of mind blown moments here. I'm just like, Oh wow. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree a hundred percent and it's, yeah. it's in a way it can, it can feel a little sad because it yes. can feel like, man, we've invested so much time in this relationship and, and just because of a distance it's gone. But then there's also, taking into consideration that these are the people that were in your life for a season for a particular reason mm-hmm. and then oh that right yeah, and that then is- you kind of you go into your next season and you you find other new people that that mm-hmm. are now not, i don't want to say like filling that void mm-hmm. but rather serving a new uh a purpose. new role and a new purpose in your yeah. life in that season that you're in and so I, i've i've learned to see it that way but um just just I I've never taken into consideration like the whole proximity thing and like mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that explains a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still love a lot of people that that I, I no longer have like that, that super tight relationship of like, you know, we talk every week and for multiple hours and stuff like that. We see each other all the time. But there's still a love and there's still an appreciation for the for the role that they've served in my life. But it's just it's crazy how how distance will do that. And mm-hmm. and that would that's really a real test as well yes. of like lifelong lasting friendship and, and stuff like that. So that's that's amazing.
1: Yeah, and I think that's <laughs> that's the key word is a test, because they are people who I've maintained great relationships with. Yeah. I've had people who've even moved farther away, states away or whatever. And it's like we continue to maintain a good relationship. Um, and it just winds up being like, you know, some people it's it was just for a season, and then other people I think from personal experience, you realize you really were not friends. So it was like, I was the person that was putting more value in the relationship that should have been put in it. And because of maybe being naive, or I don't know what it was, you know, I could have swore will ride or dies. And then you start to look back and evaluate, and like, Oh, no, man, there was so many sides. Why didn't I see it? And, you know, it's kind of like, all right, you live and you learn. And I love that all
0: the topics that we kind of covered today are topics that really challenge us, you Mm -hmm. know, and really, if you want to, again, like, you know, uh, have these moments or encounter these moments, you know, with God and have those moments encounter people and develop friendships and have friendships that last and go beyond just a moment or a season or a situation. Um, you know, you, you have to ask yourself these hard questions and process these things. And I think that, that's what makes this difficult you know Mm -hmm. it's hard like even what you were saying you start evaluating yourself you know like you know this person i've worked with you know they but i like i consider them a friend you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes those conversations can be hard when maybe you've realized like but maybe i haven't been that friend yeah we have allowed this to kind of come in the way you know and in the same way we kind of have those conversations with our friends i i pray and that we have those same conversations about our relationship with the Lord, Yes. you know, what distance have I created, Mm -hmm. you know, between me and God, you know, what things have kind of gotten in the way, you know, am I only going to him when I need something? Am I only going to him when I want, you know, something, when I want a prophecy, when I want to hear, you know, this, when I need a new job, you know, when I need a relationship, you know, what distance am I kind of creating um, in those moments? And that's a hard conversation to have with yourself.
1: And I think that a lot of people in the pandemic, had to come face to face with that where they had a only by proximity relationship with God because they went to church a couple of days a week because they were involved in the ministry because they were actively participating. You know, that was their relationship to God by proximity. The minute those things were removed and now they find themselves at home having to figure out, uh, am I supposed to like worship God by myself in my room? It's like, yeah, buddy. But it's like, they didn't know. They, they never built and cultivated a true relationship with God. And now a lot of people suffer spiritually. Other people were lucky and they figured it out and they caught it. And they're like, yes, I got to, you know, do my thing. Um, but, you know, we see that in spiritual life as well, where you remove yourself from a situation of actually going to a physical temple or church, you know, and then you find yourselves kind of lost and like floating because you only had a relationship with God via proximity to the place where everybody else was serving him, not because it was an individual thing.
2: That's incredible. And it's so true. I'm like, I've, I'm just thinking about like, oh my goodness, I saw, I've, I've seen so many people, it's so unfortunate to say, but I've seen so many people just fall on the wayside because of just not being at church during the pandemic or, or just not having a physical pastor present to lay hands on you. And so Mm -hmm. you've just, well, this is my fate. And it's like, man, that that same authority that's been given of like, you know, you lay hands on the sick and they shall be healed and they shall recover. It's like the same authority and that same Holy spirit lives in us. And so why, why do we feel like we can't tap into that power and that authority? It's because unfortunately a lot of people have used the church as a crutch Mm -hmm. and will continue to consider the temple to be well this is where i go so that i can tap into god's presence and have just completely bypassed the fact that the holy spirit lives in us He's, he doesn't live in the temple he lives in you you know and so that ark that 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 secret place is like okay well you can tap into that by going into god's presence and so it just it, like you were saying it just it brought so many things to light about people's relationships with the lord cuz you could have either drawn closer because you're like all right you are all i have right now and like you have always been the one i had or you can just be like well there's no one around to watch me and how i really want to be yeah so and
0: again hard questions yeah that have to kind of process and ask ourselves. But I pray that uh those of you who are listening are challenged to ask yourself these questions, challenged to think about these topics and, you know, even right from the beginning talking about Cuba and in praying for, you know, the people there and and praying for those who are suffering and the families who are connected and, you know, there as well. Just again, all of this falls under, you know, our responsibility as a believer as well, you know, yeah. to care for those individuals to pray for them, but also to care, pray, and maintain and cultivate relationships with people in our everyday life right. yes. and those who we work with and those around us. So I just pray that, again, this podcast was inspiring and that you, uh you know, leave this episode uh, just inspired and encouraged to do your part and to ask yourself these hard questions, um, you know, so we can ultimately see that change that we want in our lives and uh you know we want to give it up for anna yeah Anna. (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know who joined us today and can you just tell us again remind us where we can follow you on social media
2: yeah so it's uh anna grace oficial one f in spanish i'm so used to saying arroba anna grace oficial (laughs) i don't need to say the at symbol i'm like it's just anna grace official (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same all across the board but I'm very much much uh, more present on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. But like you can catch all of my videos on on YouTube and stuff so you can definitely find me there and we'll chat and I'll just I'll keep on sharing the nuggets that I find around Long Island yeah. and, um, <laughs> and like other things that are coming up. So I'm, I'm excited because there's definitely a lot of uh, fun things in the works Great. and uh, some things that I, I'm i working on with uh, with my with the label and then some other stuff that I'm working on for. From myself. So I'm very excited to be sharing that very soon, but there's, there's things happening. We just got to keep on, um, pushing the gospel out there and letting people know that there is hope, especially, uh, in these times that we're in right now.
0: Awesome. Yeah. You definitely will not be a stranger, you know? (laughs) And uh, all the girls and females listening to us out there let us know how you felt today right yeah. having a female voice yes. and having uh, that female perspective but yes, uh, you ladies. know we thank you you know for being for being on our podcast. Be sure to follow Anna Grace. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the God Life Culture Podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can be notified whenever we drop a new episode. If you're listening to us on Apple, hit subscribe. If you're listening to us on Spotify, hit follow and stay uh, in tune for everything that we have coming up.
1: Yes. Yeah, so once again, I want to thank Anna for joining us. Our listeners, if you didn't do it the first time, you better go and do it now. Follow her on social media, purchase her music, stream, download, whatever you got to do. Let's support her and her ministry and everything that she is doing, because that is the right thing to do. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in to the latest episode of the God Life Culture podcast. That's God, God Life culture. culture. Until next time. See ya.
2: Bye. <laughs>